In a global industry where anything can happen, where mistakes cost much more than dollars, we bring you expertise from around the world to ensure that everyone goes home safe every day. The internationally acclaimed Oil & Gas HSE podcast starts now with your host, Russell Stewart. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the OGGN HSE podcast sponsored by Knowledge Vine. And folks, if you benefit from this podcast, please reach out to our sponsor and let them know. You can reach out to them at their website, knowledgevine.com. And also on this website, under the Learn link, is information about the second annual Human Performance in Action Conference, or HPAC, sponsored by Knowledge Vine and the HP Community of Practice. And this conference will be held in Houston, Texas at the Downtown Hyatt Regency, April the 17th through the 19th, 2023. The conference theme is Identifying and Managing Risk, the Science, Data, and Application of Working Safely. You can register for this world-class conference and receive a 10% discount by using the coupon code OGGNHSE podcast. Today, my guest on the show is Sindhu and Sindhu, how do you pronounce your last name? Lal Jani, L-A-L-J-A-N-I. You know, I think I might have even not butchered that with my <laughs> Texas accent like I thought I would. Now, Lal, that sounds like a good West Texas oil field name. You're, I guess you're from Midland. I'm actually based out of Dallas Fort, but so quite close to Midland. Maybe takes about six hours to drive down there. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's about right. So where are you from originally? Now that you've asked me, I have to go back almost 25 years. I'm originally based out of, I was born in Bombay, which is in India, and came along here to settle with my husband and have been living in Texas for the last 25 years now. Oh, great. Mm -hmm. Well, welcome to Texas. And we actually have listeners in India. Ah, okay. So, Sinhu, tell us who you work for. Okay, so... First of all, Russell, I forgot to even thank you for having me on this podcast. It's a great honor. Oh, well, I forgot to say thank you for coming on. Oh, so. my pleasure. So I actually work for Ericsson. That is Eric, E-R-I-C-S-S, two S's and O-N. And I've been actually for Ericsson, working for Ericsson for almost 15 years. Ericsson is one of the leading providers of ICT, which is the information and communication technology to service providers. You know, it's a mouthful when you explain that way. But you know how we have our cell phones and everything, all the network, all the equipment that is needed in the back end to make our cell phones work. Ericsson manufactures and writes the software for all those equipments. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Then that means this is a relatively new company, right? Oh, no, 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 no. Russell, (laughs) you got me started now. Ericsson (laughs) is 146 years old, believe it or not. Wait a minute. Did they even have telephones 146 years ago? They, well, it started very humbling beginnings, okay? So, you know, and for the last 146 years, Ericsson has made lots of contributions. So let me walk you on this journey, okay? Yeah, do that. It sounds interesting. It all began in 1876, okay? Imagine a small repair workshop for telegraph instruments. And this is in downtown Stockholm. Stockholm is based in, is in Sweden, okay? 
And there is this mechanic, Lar Magnus Ericsson. You can see the similarity. Last name is Ericsson, right? You see where I'm going now. So this is sure. amazing story where this Lars Magnus Ericsson, you know, starts off by repairing just foreign made telephones, but starts soon to start making and selling his own. And then a few late years later, agrees to supply telephones and switchboards to Sweden's first telecom operating company. Now, this was just the beginning of Ericsson achieve, uh, Lars Magnus Ericsson's achievements in the area of telecommunications. That repair shop is now a worldwide telecom supplier. So if you actually move backwards in time, you know, before even mobile telephones or the networks, right? The first, right now we talk about five generation, right? The fifth generation. The first generation phone, you know, used to be in a car. And imagine, Russell, the size of that. It would be as big as a suitcase. And you would be really proud if you had one of this. You would carry it in the car and make telephone calls. Of course, it's going to cost you an arm and a leg, really, really expensive. But that was, of course, the first generation. And this was back in 1980s, okay? Then came along the second generation, the first digital systems, okay? Of course, you know, to make sure the systems were more reliable, secure, right? This is actually when the, you know, the widespread adoption of mobile phones actually started. And this was somewhere in 1990s. Usually a generation lasts, you know, has a peak period. It, it survives for a good 10 years, okay? In fact, my first phone, you know, was a flip phone. I was very proud of it. And there used to be a small antenna that stuck out of it. You know, that antenna used to be on the phone so that there is good reception. And it used to be really cool. Now, the revolutionary thing that happened with the second generation was that the SMS or what we call today as text messaging started to come around. So this was back in 1990s. Okay, we used to take text message at that time also. And that was an absolute miracle. Nobody expected it to get that service to become as popular as it became, you know. Who knew, you know, at that time people would ask, what shall I buy for dinner, right? Would be so popular and become important in people's lives. And to this day, we are still asking each other, right? What shall we have for dinner? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a common question between my wife and I almost every I evening. know, I know. My husband, as he's usually driving back from work, you know, he'll ask me, shall I pick up something to, you know, eat or, you know, whatever we have in the fridge leftovers, you know, what should I pick up something so that we have it along with our dinner? So yeah, that text messaging is very popular. Then came along the third generation, right? Early 2000s. Now with 3G, you could send data. With 2G also, you could, but it was not as fast and you could receive data. And that's when the other miracle happened. The iPhone was launched, right? So that brought in a lot of new things into people's lives, right? The phones stopped becoming just phones. The phones became a way of accessing internet, right? You could play music, take pictures, share your favorite cat pictures, lots of things that we do today, day in and day out. And we are so familiar with actually started, you know, in 3G, which was in 2000s, right? And now let's take you to the next generation, the fourth generation. Now we are not talking, Russell. 
we are not talking we are texting a lot and we are surfing a lot surfing the internet right now this is around 2010s one of the big interesting things that happened around fourth generation is right now as you can see networks are evolving right so you know in 3g we had a lot of different standards across the world across the globe with 4g these standards started to come together and there is a standards body actually called as 3gpp 3g partnership program i believe i know it started in 3g but it's they are still with us today and they continue to write standards based on which the networks evolve that was the interesting thing about 4g and right now of course there are a lot of 4g phones out there now fifth generation is the latest right now it's the fifth generation of cellular networks up to 100 times faster 5g is creating opportunities that we have never seen for enterprises and businesses right 5g is really about connecting things everywhere you know reliably without this lag so industries can measure right and understand and manage things in real life right so this is how you know ericsson has been a big contributor to all these generations for the last 56 146 years our vision is to create a world where limitless connectivity right if you can imagine a world where you did not have a limit on the connectivity or the communication how that can improve the lives of people redefine how we do business and pioneer a sustainable future so that's going to be sixth generation huh sixth generation is already being written standards are being applied and you know it's in the works that's what i can say right i mean so you know fifth generation it's if you look at the hype cycle gartner releases this hype cycle the fifth generation technology is you know it's becoming mainstream right if you think about it right now it's 2022 right you would see at the end of this year close to 1 billion subscriptions around the world that will be on the 5g network right and this is only going to go up in the next 5 years wow that's interesting so let's talk about your role at ericsson and let's talk mm-hmm. about how this mobile technology applies to the oil and gas industry absolutely absolutely so as i was saying right i've been with ericsson for 15 years now and i have done a lot of different things within the telecom sphere i must say so currently i work as a technology solutions director in the cto office that is dedicated to the enterprise market right i'm very very passionate about solving enterprise challenges by using all the technologies that are available to us definitely makes my life very very exciting and interesting so when you talk about you know how the mobile technology can help or how does it apply to the oil and gas industry right of course we are in this podcast so that is dedicated to the oil and gas we should definitely address this connectivity or communication can open up many options and capabilities when it comes to the oil and gas industry right now this is both from the operator or the company aspect as well as from the people who are working that is the worker aspect right this is about being able to leverage the digital technology right to make operations that are more efficient right 
but when you try to optimize things that just means that you are having to get more data from more sensors you are having to process it faster which means you know you require more bandwidth more reliable way of doing things and more computing capacity let me give you an example you know how this can make things you know more efficient right okay. there is a term called as industry tool time okay that just shows how much time a tech a maintenance tech usually spends with the tool in their hand actually performing the maintenance work right believe it or not for field operators this is roughly at 25% but when you apply things that are coming with connectivity the advances you can push this rates up to 40% that means you know the technician is getting more done right and at the same time this can make them you know be more productive and add to the operational efficiencies how as you may ask right first of all being using connected worker solutions such as being able to digitize reports right if you have a tablet on which you are able to you know digitize the reporting right right away take the notes and be able to collect all the information rather than having to go back you know take the measurements and go back and having to type it up and then send it out giving that connected tablet in the hand of a worker you know it can help them have you russell heard of the game pokemon go yeah sure ah yeah there is an aspect of augmented reality with the pokemon go right the pokemon they take the information about where you are and then the pokemon you know presents itself and then you find it and you collect the points on it apply some of that to this process also you know the augmented there are these augmented reality headsets that actually clip to existing hard hat that a worker can wear and it can provide actually hands free instructions to this technician who is doing some sort of a maintenance work right this augmented reality headset would actually give precise pictures or animation which can you know help this technician the animation will show what parts what are the steps to do and it can also help boost the efficiency and that way the technician won't make any errors this headset can also provide checklist and sensor data and can visually demonstrate okay what parts to adjust repair or replace right and imagine if you had a picture in front of you and then you have all the checklists in front of you saying that hey turn this on turn this off how much easier and faster it would be for you to be able to finish that work or you know maintenance task rather than having a manual or not you know knowing how to do that and having to call someone it just increases your amount of time to finish a certain task right well it not only increases your efficiency but i think i can think of ways about how that would also relate to and increase safety Oh absolutely absolutely you know you are hands free right if you are working in an environment where you need to be as little time as possible you are able to finish your task faster right and get out of there the impact of these mobile technologies right it is also you have to look at it in terms of how you can increase that engagement with the employee right you are giving them these safeguards right you are making them things easier for them to do the right thing and harder for them to make mistakes or do the wrong thing right if you think about safety right russell 
when you let your employees know that you care for them, they'll do a great job for you, right? You never see a company having a great HSE performance and bad financial results, right? In fact, if you see certain companies who have not a good safety performance, that has links actually, you know, with employees who are being absent from the work and low production, right? These things kind of are linked, right? It's the culture of a company, how you take care of your employees. So these technologies also enable that culture where you are able to show your employees how much you care for them. That's absolutely right. Now, you guys actually practice what you preach. You do this at Ericsson yourself, don't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Russell, a big part of our business is, you know, so the way these mobile phones work, right? You, As you drive around on a highway, you've seen these towers, right, where these radios are mounted. In fact, your phone is connecting to this antenna or the radio and you know that's how you get the radio signal so a part of our business is you know being able to mount these radios on the towers so we have a lot of safeguards and policies that are used as we approach that work one is you know a culture that provides the compass and drives the behavior of people who work right in this business it's a speak up culture right if you see something wrong, right, say something about it, you know, without having the fear of consequences. You know, if you see something that needs to be fixed, bring it up to someone, right? Do something about it. Don't just ignore it, right? So being able to promote this gives the ability to, you know, bring those improvements, bring up things that can be, you know, fixed and, you know, not go about just pushing them under the rug, right? That's absolutely right. Everyone goes home safely. That's the motto. So you help me, I help you as a buddy system, right? When I'm about to climb a tower, you check my equipment and I check yours, right? So the checklists are always there and they are followed, right? Huge emphasis on training, right? Don't let anyone who has not gotten trained to get into a job that they are not trained for, right? And this is where actually the virtual reality, Russell, has a great application. Now, the things that I'm talking about, again, right, they have dependence on mobile technology. And that's where communication or the connectivity networks can really help, right? In fact, I have actually seen the application of how to best train your employees using the virtual reality headsets, right? With that headsets, you are able to enter an environment. And again, the application of this when it comes to oil and gas, right? You can enter an environment or interact with a piece of equipment virtually, right? So if I was a trainee, you know, I can actually enter a virtual rig. And when I turn my head, you know, either to the left or the right, you know, I would see what I would actually see in a real world rig, you know. Given the complexity of what, how oil rigs drilling platforms or the processing plants can be just the opportunity to experience this real life training 
before you go into this environments, right, is invaluable. Of course, these applications do require huge amounts of data and bandwidth. So connectivity is a key factor in enabling them. I'm sure you've seen the Apollo 13 movie, right, Russell, where they have these flight simulators, right, where they learn how to simulate the environment before they actually fly in space. Sure, sure, absolutely. So, Sindhu, you can help companies navigate all this? Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, as I was saying, right, being dedicated to the enterprise market, being able to listen to what challenges they are trying to solve and help come up with solutions, right, that will actually address their pain points is what my focus area is, right? So the availability of being able to have a network, right, which is fifth generation, you know, being able to have access, being able to have this network on your own premise, right, having a control of that network, being able to establish that, right. And then along with that, of course, comes the availability of the devices or the solutions that go along with, right, being able to bring in this expertise and help the refineries, the processing plants and being able to set up that network in their location and bring them the solutions, right? That's absolutely something that I and my team can help out with. Well, that's great. Well, I am glad to introduce that concept to our oil and gas listeners out there. We will certainly put your LinkedIn contact information in the show notes so people can reach out to you. We'll put the Ericsson website in the show notes. Sindhu, I really appreciate you coming on and talking to us about this. It's fascinating. 146 year history starting from 146 years it is, yes. Starting from telegraphs to 5G's. 5G. You talked about the first telephones being the size of a suitcase and you mm-hmm. said your first phone was a flip phone. I'm actually old enough to I don't remember the suitcase size, but I do remember the bag phones. <laughs> They used to be in the cars, remember? Yes, absolutely. That was my first experience, and there'll be a lot of people listening right now. They don't even have a clue what I'm talking about. Yeah, and now we have phones to a person, right? I remember the days when we had a phone in the house. (laughs) Right. Right, so... And hardly anybody has a landline anymore. Absolutely. (laughs) See, that networks have evolved, Russell. That's what has happened, right? Things have evolved, right? And I think the next big thing is, of course, iPhones transformed how we use the phones, right? We sure. Use, yeah, the phones are now not really a way to talk. They are a way to communicate, right? We book our hotels on the phone. We buy our flights on the phone. We book our health appointments on the phone. We even, in fact, take our health appointments on the phone, right? Sure. right, right. We talk to our doctors on the phone, right? So it's become a way of life. Well, and I really appreciate the way that it has contributed to the safety environment because you're absolutely right. That's the theme of our show, everyone coming home safely. Everybody comes home safely, absolutely. That's right. Sindhu, we really appreciate you coming on the show. And again, we'll put contact information in so people can reach out to you, perhaps get more details on some of this fascinating stuff. Mm -hmm. As always, thanks to everybody out there for listening. Please tell your friends to listen. Post us on LinkedIn and your other social media. Please leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, 
or there's a review link in the show notes. And please tune in again next week for another episode of Knowledge Vine's Oil and Gas HSE podcast. Knowledge Vine is your dependable partner for full service human performance and safety consulting. Knowledge Vine, error reduction that works. As we said, discover more about Knowledge Vine by finding in the show notes our website link and other contact information, including the HPAC conference discount code. Or you can simply reach out to me on LinkedIn and we'll see you next time. Thank you very much. Tune in next week for another engaging episode of the Oil & Gas HSE podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.